This is Why Libertarian, the show dedicated to telling the stories of libertarians new and old, promoting libertarian values, and fighting against authoritarians, statists, feds, and anyone else who would like to steal your liberty and freedom. I am Matthew Strzok, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this episode. Enjoy. We are live. This is Why Libertarian coming at you every single Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern. Thank you for joining in. Whether you are watching live or you are watching the recorded version, please like, comment, subscribe, share, hit the notification bell, retweet, get this thing out there. Um, We have an awesome guest today. I want to make sure that his message and um, you know, what he's talking about gets out there and more people can really kind of experience the truth of, uh, you know, just the truth, period. <laughs> Hopefully uh, uh, a lot of us can experience a little bit more truth than we've gotten recently. Um, but so it is my pleasure to invite on Magnus Panvedia. Uh Magnus, how's it going, man? Good. Be- beautiful day. Uh, a lot of, you know, very positive things happening with this whole little thing we're trying to pull off so kind of top of the world that's awesome that's awesome yeah i so anyone who's unfamiliar with magnus magnus is uh a part of the boog magnus is um got uh, twitter famous pretty quickly by um giving a speech on i believe that was the capital steps in lansing right yep yep in front, of, in front of snipers and military helicopters and humvees and national guard it was great yeah yes yeah yeah. Uh, someone speaking rational truth required a military presence in order to uh police the situation that's absolutely fantastic um so i want to remind everyone if you're watching live or even if you watch the recorded version you can always comment and and question and we'll have a conversation afterward um but if you are watching live we are taking comments and questions live for magnus if you want to chime in or or ask a specific question um so i want to start off with something really quick magnus the the media the corporate media and you know their masters have a certain narrative that they're pushing right and it's a very convenient narrative and they lay a ton of this stuff on top of these groups that they are basically threatened by the boogaloo being one of them all right so i want to run just really quick lightning round through these things and just ask you these questions because i want to get it on the record because the fact that they're trying to pin this on you is complete bs all right so first one is the boog white supremacist no and in, in fact the our largest rally barely two-thirds of the people there were white and only half of them were straight so i i'd say that answers that question <laughs> and then the second question is is the boog anti-lgbtq which i think is a resounding no nope that, that, again you know you being a libertarian you know the we found figured out the answer to that question back in the 1970s long before the republicans and the democrats and even some of the fake woke crowd even were talking about it we had already answered that question truth truth uh is the boog anti-woman no, I, I know I know we have the whole like boogaloo boy thing, but we even yeah. tried to like make it B.O.I. to kind of like dude to make it less neutral. But uh, yeah, we definitely have female membership and there's nothing really like there's it's not even like it's a lot of these issues isn't even a pro or against. It's just like we don't care, which is a very yeah. much like a libertarian thing. Like we just it's not relevant and yeah. it, only, it only becomes relevant if the government is targeting a group like that. But then, of course, then we'll get involved. But like that's not the objective so very true very true um all right uh something else that we'll talk about what came out in the salon article this this 
hit piece that was written on, for all intents and purposes, digital toilet paper. Um, are any of these positions intended to be a smokescreen or are they actually legit? I, I don't even know what we would get from the smokescreen. I think that's like the most important question <laughs> about all of this is, is they always lay out these grand conspiracy theories, but they never ask yep. like, what is there to gain from it? Because yep. if, we, if we wanted to... Like, like I've, I've said it on a lot of left-wing podcasts. If we wanted to infiltrate left-wing circles, then we would just dress in all black and then, like, parrot some generic left-wing Twitter talking points, and you would never know. And, yeah. if, and if we wanted just, like, blatant accelerationism, then there's plenty of, you know, right-wing groups that we could have joined. We could have been three percenters or Oath Keepers or any of these groups, but we didn't. So yeah. it's just like, what do we have to gain through smoke screening? How, like... How is it that a lot of our members have, you know, years of experience in the LP and as public figures and have, have stood by everything we said for a very long time, just yeah. for what gain, for what benefit, you know? Yeah. And they never have an answer for that besides just going like, oh, you guys are trying to start a race war. It's like, okay, well, if we were trying to do that, then why would we be going to BLM protests? And they're like, yeah. oh, you want to, you want to incite, you want to incite violence and riots at the BLM protests. And I'm like, okay, so why are we not doing that? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's 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 just something to throw against the wall that sticks, right? Like it's it's one of those like fear things. It's like, uh, you know what? It's like the the uh, the public service announcements about marijuana back in like the 80s and 90s. And the kid who's like, oh, I'm so high. And he like, you know, blows his brains out like it's the dumbest thing ever. And you're like, well, you do want that to happen to your kid. And like the answer is obviously no. But the follow through is always like, well, are the two things connected? They never ask that question. Like yeah, it's the, never the even old, close. The old dare ads of like the girl melting into a couch. And yeah. Like, <laughs> yes, your yeah, brain on exactly. marijuana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Last one. Is it the intention of the Boog to start slash instigate a civil war? No, the, the whole thing is it's been a reactionary movement. Like the, the original Boogaloo memes were a, a response to gun control, that the Boogaloo yeah. would kick off the moment they went and started the gun, tried to grab yeah. the guns. So it's yeah. always been defensive, but like they have this playbook when it comes to gun groups. And if you look at almost any single instance with militias in history or even firearm owners, they try to make it seem like they're crazy and that they're on, they're on the offensive and they want to do all these things. And then you actually look into the story and they were on the defensive. They weren't doing anything. And the government went and screwed with them. And then they defended themselves. Yeah. And that's exactly like, you know, what's going on there. It's, it's not a civil war. And like, obviously, we what I'm trying to do is instigate a, you know, people's revolution, essentially. Yeah. But yeah. at the end of the day, at the, at the bare minimum, the Boog like idea is we're being attacked. Like they're coming mm -hmm. after us. And it's going to eventually get to the point where you put your foot down and do something about it. And that's yeah. always like, and even, you know, it's funny when they say like, oh, it's about, you know, like the race war and stuff like that. If you go into Google images and you just type in Boogaloo memes, because that puts mm -hmm. you in a different like Google like section or whatever. And you go read yeah. the memes, almost all of them are about like the IRS or the DHS or the ATF. You will struggle to find a single meme that even references race in any of those. And some of those yeah. memes are like four or five, six years old. And then they try to stay like say like oh it came out of 4chan it's about a race war and it's like why why isn't there a single meme or receipt or document of this besides maybe a handful of you know neo-nazi larpers on some message board that never walked out into public making jokes or something it's yeah. surreal to me yeah uh we had one comment this looks like one of your boys maybe uh yeah, clarify yeah, yeah. civil war versus revolution sides versus top and bottom yeah like, like they like what what what's going on right now is the government wants one or two things they either want 
they either want to instigate the left or right to fight each other so then they can step in and be the you know the savior yeah <laughs> yeah aaron very correct yeah, yeah. They, they they want the two sides to fight each other so they can step in and, and implement peace because you know extremism is totally out of control which is what we're already seeing today on cnn with the fbi talking yeah. or they want to come down top to bottom and crush people so that's right. that's like what i'm trying to explain to people is not only do you have to put the culture war down and put the culture war aside because it's trying to instigate like they the, the government is never happier in the world than when they see BLM activists and Proud Boys fist fighting in the street. They they are smiling oh, yeah. and writing checks and bills off the back of that. That's oh, yeah. something we have to stop. And they also don't want people to understand that they're making active moves against all of these groups simultaneously while lying up from each direction saying like, oh, you know, the government's only targeting conservatives. And then on the left, they'll be like, oh, the government's only going after leftists when in reality, they're crushing all of us. Yes. Yeah. No. And, and that's that's something that um, it's so tough to figure out the messaging that gets both sides to wake up. Right. Like, do you have to come up with messaging that's targeted to either side of that to get them to wake up to that? Or is there some unifying message um, that can get them to both wake up? And, and I don't know what the answer is. I, I you know, I've seen tons of people wake up as of recently, which is reassuring. But I'm not even sure if we know kind of like what the special sauce is. I think it's just the government's doing it to itself. Yeah, it's know? pretty much it, like and and definitely just pointing out those instances of like the whole the whole idea of the unity coalition and what even got like me personally even and then a lot of the boogaloo groups to like because like we 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 were the same as any libertarian any even you know any even conservative. To where yeah. we had very negative viewpoints and opinions on anti-fascist organizations and even some blm organizations not like all of them we still like the protests and everything but we believe that some organizations were bullshit until yeah. the dhs released a memo and you can go look up an image of this memo where it had the anti-fascist flag and then the boogaloo igloo right next to each other and it was a memo on domestic extremism in the united states <laughs> and that was kind of like a wake-up call for like a lot of us of like oh god like they're, you know, they're coming after both of us because it was supposed yeah. to be a memo on right wing extremism, yet it included anti-fascist organizations. So it's like, yes. And then just like a couple weeks ago, they did the same thing where they were talking about domestic extremism in the United States and they name dropped BLM organizations, Black Panthers and anti-fascist organizations. And they quickly tried to backpedal after that, be like, well, we're not saying that they're the same or anything. We're just including yeah. them on this list for some reason, you know? Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's moments like that where even it got like people in the movement to wake up and the unity coalition started getting birthed out of that. And a lot of like our initial conversations with Antifa and stuff like that were like, hey, dude, like they they literally just put it on paper for the whole world yeah. to see that they do not view us differently at all. Yeah. <laughs> and that I, no, like the don't. more that happens and the more that goes on, the more people kind of wake up to like, oh, <laughs> well, so, uh, you know, what's funny is like or not funny, but uh, it, it's like um maybe ironic if I'm using that word correctly, but a lot of what happened during the civil rights movement of the late 60s, I see a lot of the same tactics being used. So like, for instance, this whole like, you know, uh, extremist argument, whether they paint it as far right or far left or whatever, like just extremism, we have to stop extremism. Well, in a world of oppression, freedom is extreme, right? Um, and so one of the things like, have you ever heard of the, the deacons for defense? Not. Okay, so the Deacons of Defense actually predated the Black Panthers. And the Deacons for Defense were based in Louisiana. 
And it was essentially a number of black men that uh, took up arms to protect themselves and the people within their neighborhood from essentially the police. And if you can imagine, Louisiana, around the civil rights movement, there weren't very many black policemen. In fact, there were none. Um, they were all white police officers, and many of them were aligned with the KKK, which was a was and still is to this day a white supremacist organization, right? So um, they, they took up arms and were looked at as extremists, but they ended up being the first armed, you know, like protection for Martin Luther King Jr. and his marches, right? So like, um, I, I don't think they were at that's, Selma. That's, but... that's, that, that's something I get into like arguments with like normie liberals a lot on guns yeah. is I'm like, Martin Luther King had a gun behind every door at his house. Like yeah. Martin yes. Luther King was strapped to the teeth. He, he was not, he was not, he was not anti, he wasn't anti-violence, so to speak. He was anti, you know, like offense. Which is right? the exact like, same thing we preach, the exact same thing, you know, plenty of other, like even the Black Panthers and stuff like that. Like, like there's a lot, people cannot discriminate between like, don't come at me and like, I'm going to attack you. Right. Which, which yeah. I think is very deliberate in terms of like messaging from the government to kind of, you know, get people. But to your point though, I was, I was even ranting last night of like I try to make these connections and once people kind of understand them they get the main message more of yeah. like if if you want to look at what's going on with no knock raids nowadays look at the ATF tactics at Waco and Ruby Ridge and then yeah. if you want to wonder where that came from if Waco and Ruby Ridge look at what happened with the weather underground and the black panthers during the civil rights movement like if, if you don't separate them into two different things and you view it as one big snowball rolling down a hill and just picking different targets at different times, yeah, like that's what's going on. That's why I'll go to militia guys and be like, you have problems with BLM, but you don't understand that the tactics being used to target you come from segregation and attacking civil rights movements. Yes. And, you know, if if you know, you're a left wing person, you have a problem with no knock raids and, and the whole Breonna Taylor situation, and everything that goes on with that look at what the police and the FBI were, you know, training each other to do during the 90s and the anti-militia movements that happened when they were going after the Michigan militia, when they were going after Waco, the branch, like all, all of these are the same things. They're coming from the same agencies. And a lot of these people are still around. I mean, right. if you look at, you know, Bill Barr, our attorney general, pro bono represented the FBI sniper from Ruby Ridge. So mm -hmm. it's like, and he, and now, you know, he's Donald Trump's, the conservative Donald Trump's, you know, attorney general. Like, no. Yeah. And and those that's the other thing is like it's really hard and it's intentional. What's funny is when when they accuse groups of doing things, it's almost always projection. They're always projecting what's actually going on on their side of the on their side of the issue. Right. So like one thing that they will try and pin on the boog is that, um, you know, your your messaging is, you know, quote unquote, disjointed. And that's like, in, like, that's an important part of it. Like, it's important part of like confusing people so that like, it makes you unassuming or like, you know, the jokes are all like a smokescreen so that like, they think that you're funny, but really you're dangerous. And you're like, whoa, hold on. Isn't that the same exact shit that you all do? Like, you use like two different words that are the same exact thing. But then you like, you say one group is like, great, and then they're awful. Or you say that, you know, one group is like fighting for racial equality and then in the other hand, but they're also like, you know, extremist and, and alt-right or whatever. And it's like this double speak 1984 crap. And they project it on groups like the Boog because 
it's almost like, all right, well, look at them. Like, don't look at us. Like, assume that they're doing it and we aren't. And it's complete, like, it's complete uh, misdirection. It's like, you know, which which cup is the is the ball under? You know, yeah, and, they, and, and they'll they'll prop groups up just to turn on them like immediately. You saw, you know, under the Trump administration, they you know his administration was really friendly to the Proud Boys, and now yeah. some of his exact appointees that he put in courts are hunting them down. And in the same way that like the Biden administration was super positive to BLM over the election years is now turning on them and starting to arrest activists and ramp up more police state things on them. This is, you know, this is CIA tactics. We, we, we we created Al Qaeda. Now we bomb Al Qaeda, but now we're just doing it at home. It's, it's perfect you brought that up. So, like, the um, we, we have a libertarian book club. Every single month we live cast. We've done two now. Um, the most recent one we did was The New Right by Michael Malice. Um, tons of awesome stuff in there. I mean, like, you know, some of the stuff that the, the Boog embodies is, is addressed in there. Like, you know, meme magic and, and just the, the idea of kind of, uh, like, trolling as a means to, to get people to understand how how clown world it is that we're, we're living in, right? Yeah, um, like, uh Reason Magazine actually made a great connection that we make a lot of times that uh, are kind of not our on the ground tactics, but our online yeah. tactics very much come from pro-democracy protesters in China and in over, you know, what's what's all going on over there. Like yeah. it's 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 deliberate and they say it's like smoke and mirrors and everything, but they just can't understand that in like in the day like we live in a time now where everything is a giant like political omnibus if you talk Mm. to a group they have like an opinion on every single subject and they have an objective for every single subject and like a preferable outcome on every single subject to where the boogaloo is not that at all like it's the boogaloo is literally just can be boiled down to shit be fucked yo so you can talk you can talk to like a hundred different members and each one might be like you know what this is more of a problem or this is more a problem to where like the unity and the coalition thing that I'm trying to build and a lot of us are trying to build already exists within the Boogaloo. Like you have anarcho-socialists next to like, you know, black separatists next to like ANCAPs next to like, you know, conservatives. This yeah. is all, these are all people in the Boogaloo and we've all, we all stand together with each other because we just assume that like things have gotten so bad and things are, are hitting this point in this country that if we don't step up and just solve these clear and it like obvious problems it's not going to get any better so they try they they get really confused on us in our messaging and everything and saying that we try to be deliberately vague and stuff like that to like deceive when in reality it's it's more just that we we're not really even a political movement in a sense where we are a reaction to state violence we are that's why i said in that speech that we are antibodies to this we only exist because things are so bad well, yeah, if, if, if they didn't do what they do, y'all wouldn't be needed, right? Like, it, it just wouldn't be necessary. Like, that's that's a completely perfect analogy. And and to your point earlier, in terms of, like, the CIA tactics and everything like that, the next book that we're going over in the book club is uh, Scott Horton's Enough Enough Already. Um, and just talking book. about the, the, the absolute <laughs> ridiculousness of foreign policy. Like, just look at, like, Yemen right now and look at, like, well— we're pro, we were pro the Houthis and then anti the outgoing president. And then, uh, you know, or we were with the president and he went after the Houthis. And then then he was, you know, tossed and, you know, we put in someone more favorable. And then he joined up with the Houthis and came to take things back over. So now we got to pay Al-Qaeda 
to get the Houthis out, right? Who who were our buddies in the past, right? And now all of a sudden, like we're pro Al Qaeda. Now Biden comes in, we turn it back around. You're like, guys, what are we accomplishing here? We we do absolutely nothing. It's like- Syria, Syria is the perfect <laughs> example of that. Of we're funding the Kurds one day, we're bombing the Kurds the next day. We're we're funding the you know the YPG. We're funding all these different groups, and then we're bombing them the next day. And it even even got to the point where i think it was either like it was either the time magazine the washington post one of like the bigger i don't say centrist but less like you know obviously partisan articles yeah. had to write a report where where the government admitted that there was cia funded insurgents getting into firefights with department of homeland security funded insurgents in syria so like literally like our own agencies have are backed like separate groups that are now fighting each other under our same yeah. like what the fuck yes yeah <laughs> well yeah and and you have you have tribal groups on either side that are both using u.s munitions to attack each other as well so it's like it's it's one self like it, it's basically a political foreign policy circle jerk is basically what it is it's just like you know you just keep going around the circle and the last person loses like that's exactly what it is um but so uh all right, so I, I think like we could we could fill an entire hour <laughs> on, oh, on foreign can, policy. That kind of thing. Foreign policy all day. <laughs> um, so uh, my, my my boy Nick uh, asked, uh, what what are your uh, views? I think he's talking about the no fucking around coalition. Okay, Is that what he's so talking about? we have we have a very interesting history with those guys. So uh, yeah. in the very beginning, when they first popped up, we were like, we don't know who these guys are. Maybe they're you know assets. Maybe they're genuine. They look, right. you know, they look pretty cool. They're like organized and everything. All right, we'll see how this goes. And then uh, we started having conversations with them on like, I think it was like after their second event being like, hey, can we come down and talk? Like we already work with Black Panthers, stuff like that. So like, we're going to send down like a UPG, which is our Louisville organization, United Pharaohs mm -hmm. Guard. We're going to send down a UPG guy and talk to Grandmaster Jay, essentially. And he, and he was like, even like, he had like a public video where he's like, yeah, come down. You're welcome. We'll, we'll talk. We'll see if we can get along. And then like when we showed up, they started being really fucking antagonistic with everybody and really weird. And that was the same event where one of their members shot three of their other members with a negligent discharge. And like, I just don't know what's going on with them. And then they yeah. have like really weird politics that nobody can really hammer down. Like they say that they're not like a, a crazy, like black supremacist organization, but then they do make like really weird statements and, and stuff like yeah. invading Texas and taking over like a third of Texas or something. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't have like a hard opinion one way or another. All I can say on them is that they definitely need to uh, drill a little bit more and get some finger discipline. And obviously uh grandmaster Jay has made some, <laughs> meme tier worthy idiotic statements about firearms on the internet so yeah hey if yeah. they want to if they want to educate themselves better and prepare themselves better and uh have a conversation with us we'll have a conversation with them but right now they're they're kind of just fucking embarrassing yeah <laughs> i well look I, op, open invite if they want to get some education they should they should hit you up i think uh, it, it just looked really bad for like black gun ownership really of like yeah. the, like because it was really exciting to see them in the beginning of like oh here just here it's just like all black like real organized militia they all look like legit and everything and then they shot each other and said a bunch of stupid shit and i was like oh. yeah now, now hold on, like, so... like, and, and they got a lot of public attention, a lot of media coverage, while like BLM 757, which is another BLM organization we work with, that's also a militia, and they're armed, like, you know, they're way more disciplined, they're way more interesting, they put on events in Virginia all the time, and they got no media coverage, so it's like, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it, I mean, it's never, it's never the, the house that has itself in order 
that that gets the majority of the coverage usually unless there's something else going on right like mm-hmm. it's it's always the train wreck um but so so to that point i i have to ask you this question so um and and this comes from a a completely you know neutral standpoint so the the critique of the boog is like oh well you've had like two or three people that went rogue right um and they they did some crazy shit right and they want to paint you all with that same brush okay what would you say to them if they brought up those those uh you know either direct or indirect connections to the boog on the part of those individuals and you know how how that necessarily kind of works its way back to the broader organization yeah so i I just think that it's a like it's a standard that's only applied to us and is not applied to anyone else a a sane and rational person will never look at bernie sanders fans and say that the one guy that shot up that republican baseball game represents all the bernie sanders fans we won't say that the the dallas shooter that killed five cops somehow represents all of blm we would never say that the john brown gun club guy that attacked an ice facility represents that so yeah. when you look when you look at raw numbers of how many people in our our size of our organization and how many people have done stupid things I disagree with, yeah, we have three individuals. We have Stephen Carrillo and we have the two guys that were involved with the Whitmer shit. Okay, mm-hmm. I can say yeah that was dumb and they shouldn't have been involved with that. But you're talking three people in a movement of you know tens of thousands, if yeah. not more than that, because we'll not, never not not to mention the fact that they never connect the dots. They say these three people were associated with this group, but they never connect the dots saying that like, oh, they had the support of the group or they, they like the group helped facilitate these things. Yeah, they Carrillo just said they happen totally to be members. Rogue. He didn't talk to anybody and then do anything. And then everyone else, like they bring up the three guys that got arrested in Las Vegas heading to a protest with Molotovs in the car or something like that. Yeah. The FBI was involved. If you believe any situation when the FBI is involved, I don't know what to tell you. There's a lot of things about that. I, I have and a bridge then, to sell you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the other one is uh, the two men in Minneapolis that got arrested, apparently trying to sell illegal silencers to Hamas, <laughs> which it wasn't even Hamas. It was the FBI pretending to be Hamas, which again, yep. FBI. And then they bring up the individual that was in Minneapolis that fired. They, it's so hilarious. The articles that are written about this, like Boogaloo extremist fires AK-47 at police station that was lit on fire and burned to the ground by rioters. Yeah, and they're like they're clutching their pearls at this one dude who fired a couple rounds into an already burning building. Yeah, <laughs> totally like glossing over the fact that like there's there's pictures of hundreds of people standing in front of the Minneapolis Seventh Police Department Police Precinct with their fists in the air while like the, the which again I'm all about that. Like I I had no complaints with them burning down their police station personally, yeah. but it's so funny that like like so I think it might have been Salon even that was that was. No, it was Vice that was like freaking out and, cl- and clutching their fucking pearls over yeah. that, and it's like well, no, because because it has to do with a gun, and more importantly, it has to do with like a, a gun that's a really bad gun, right? Like that's the rifle. other things. The yes, scary yeah. AK forty seven. Yes, yeah. Um, Aaron said we had a whole summer of BLM burning down businesses, injuring, killing, but somehow that's not uh, that's not a comparable issue. I, I think the the point is yes and no right like the point is it's juxtaposed in that moment to the degree of you know what's going on and even if it is true right like it's it's like saying that um someone spit on the titanic as it was sinking like it's it's like the most ridiculous corollary right it's it's there and it like both sides are trying to do the same thing where they're trying to do that to the boog and they're trying to do that to like militia groups and then on the right obviously they're doing the same thing with blm of like 
this is a huge country. There was hundreds of thousands of events and people keep pointing towards what mostly what was going on on the coast. Cause if you look at like what happened in a lot of the actual country, even when there was riots, there was very sparse property damage. And a lot of the property damage that happens, people kind of conflate that to be BLM where they don't realize that like, if you, especially if you go to like the Kenosha situation, which is what I always point to the BLM and the anti-fascist activists were down at the courthouse that was Mm -hmm. like a mile down the road and they were fighting with cops. Meanwhile, you had videos of just random people from the community, which is, you know, unaffiliated. They might yell black lives matter or George Floyd or whatever, but they're doing that because there's a camera pointing at them. They're not there for the protest. They don't care about BLM. They know all the cops are distracted. They're going to go have some fun. Especially yeah. after like, you know, a year of lockdowns, you have bar fight Kevin that goes to the club every weekend and gets in a fist fight with someone for looking at his girlfriend. Yeah. Hasn't, hasn't been able to do that in a year. And they have and they see, you know, a riot going on. So yeah, they're gonna go out and get them some Jordans or something. They're gonna break into the buildings and screw stuff up. And then BLM gets painted with that. But at the same time, yeah. I'll never de- deny that there were some BLM activists and some anti-fascist activists that did do fucked up shit. Yeah. But in the same way, I don't want my movement painted by the actions of a of a minority of idiots. I'm not going to paint their movements with the actions of a minority of idiots. So yeah, yeah, that's not, kind of like the whole basis of the unity thing. Not not to mention the fact that, like you said, like you know, when when we're talking about like damage caused by the riots and stuff like that, like no one's like, and 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 here's Omaha, Nebraska, and the entire city's on fire. Like that's not. It just didn't happen. You know, um, I living in New Jersey, it just there were some marches and stuff like that and that was basically it right like now granted this is like you know uh you know this is one of the most liberal states in the entire country um but that being said it's somewhat homogeneous in that sense so that's why there wasn't really much of an issue it's the areas where you had some kind of like you know cross-pollination um you know the reason why portland's still a thing is because it's actually even farther out on the left so the conflict isn't necessarily against like far right and far left in portland it's like literally you know socialists that are burning and and destroying things versus like pragmatic left people that are like let's not let's not destroy things you know like a lot of people forget that there are there actually is a quite hefty amount of like actual far right like not like trumpers but like actual far right in the pacific northwest because i've talked to and encountered a lot of these people and there are people that drive around and, and, and throw the sig hail out the window at blm yeah. protesters there's like a on january 6th in olympia or it was either olympia or salem they went to the governor's mansion and you had a bunch of armed dudes that were running around and being like i am a neo-nazi i am a white supremacist and like throwing sig hail and stuff so that's why Portland's such a, a clusterfuck because you yeah. have like neoliberal shit libs and then you have like regular leftists and then you do have like psychotic like kill everyone, you know, people. And then on top of that, you have the far right. And on top of that, you have the police, which even though it's a super liberal area are like psychotically violent up there. Yeah. Like they, yeah. do, they go way over the line and you you mix all that into a blender and you get the Pacific Northwest. Oh, yeah. So it's like, ugh. yeah. No, it's it, it is it is a pressure cooker is basically what it is. I mean, um, and and has been like continues to be basically. You know, um, if if anything, Portland Portland is a uh, it, it is a warning to everyone about when you when you ascribe to like the the opposite of like freedom and liberty and and like property rights and the non aggression principle and things like that. Like that's what you get in Portland. 
right? Like you get a bunch of different, like disparate groups feeling like crabs that have to climb to the top of the bucket and that they have to screw each other over in order to get there, right? Like, or, or I've been getting screwed over by this group. So like it's your turn, your turn to turn to be like, you know, bottom of the bucket. Now I'm going to get on top. Yeah. Like that's not it at all. And, and if anything, it, it serves as a warning sign to the rest of the country. Like if you continue to, to not see the the common problem that is state control like that's what it will become like we we will have that not just in portland um so let, let me ask you this question if now i know like you've described you've used the word libertarian a couple times and things like that would you describe yourself as a libertarian like your your self-prescribed political kind of persuasion are you anarchist and cap and social like what would you say uh you I, 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 have, to? I have like i have like my political politics as i'll call like when i actually participate in the political system and then i have yeah. my personal politics and like what my dream utopia would be uh i i don't really know what to describe like a lot of people have called it like panarchy and there's like there's like metaarchy and there's all these weird you know words for it but i essentially like am some weird love child of you know bookchin and spooner bookchin okay. Bookchin being like, you know, like a communalist Marxist and, you know, yeah. Lysander Spooner being Lysander Spooner. Yeah. So like I kind of pull from both of those. So like maybe like an anarcho-mutualist or something like that. That's my like okay. utopia. And then when it comes to actually participating in politics, I view the LP as like the better path towards that. So I okay. I, I did do armed security for Spike Cohen a couple times during his yeah. campaign. I voted for Joe Jorgensen. So like I would like, yeah, so political uh, – electorally i guess maybe you would call it i i am a libertarian but personally i'm definitely more of an anarchist and there is definitely like a lot of hard critiques i have for like the lp and regular libertarians that they aren't in bad faith i still love them they're still my people you know but there's definitely yeah. things i think we could do a lot better so yeah uh that that is um that's a very diplomatic way of putting that. <laughs> um, I, I would say if, if uh, I, I, I am comfortable with the label ANCAP, I'm, I'm good with that. Um, I have no problem with like ANCOMs or ANSOCIAs or, you know, mutualists because uh, I, I'm, as long as it doesn't involve force, like if it's voluntary association, like have fun. Like I really don't like, I really don't care, you know? Yeah, that's, that's um, exactly my thing of like, I, I want, I want to, you know, like go to a music festival that's between a, a anarcho-capitalist like town and then like an anarcho-communist commune and they're like yeah. right next to each other and they just don't fucking bother each other and if yeah. if one person wants to leave then he'll go to the other and that's that's actually like why i love bookshin so much because uh bookshin actually gave a speech at a libertarian party conference actually as a marxist and yeah. he was he was describing like I wouldn't mind living under your what what you describe as capitalism, which was essentially like anarcho-capitalism or like libertarian capitalism. He said, like, I wouldn't mind living under that at all. And and in fact, if my Marxist anarchy turned authoritarian, I would go and join you and fight against my system to make it more free and more uh, anarchist again. And that's how I feel now of like we do live under a corporatist system right now. So yeah. Me as you know, as a more libertarian person, I will happily march with anarcho-communists and stuff like that to fight this corporatist system. Yeah, so that's kind of like that's where I'm at. Yeah, no, it, that that was. Um, I, I respect that. I, I I think that opinion is because a lot of people want to. I, again, they fall victim to the same thing. Like when they feel like they're pay, being painted with a broad brush, 
they then in turn paint others with with the same broad brush. And I don't know if it's it's probably defensive or something like that. But um, yeah, no, the, that that is like I I love that perspective. Like communalism. Believe me, if I part of me wants to go live in a like you grow up you grew up kind of like in a communal. Uh, of upbringing like an atmosphere right yeah yeah i my, obviously like my family wasn't a part of it but i lived next to the commune and i would go to the commune all the time and they were they were wiccan like yeah. lesbian anarcho-communists that's yeah. the like that's who i grew up with so like from yeah. from that to like doing armed security for spike cohen that is my weird yeah. fucking <laughs> that's like so like you want to talk about like the overton window and stuff like that some people's political arc is like this right like your political arc is like <laughs> yeah, I've, 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 I've like I've, I've joked that i've essentially made like a, a, a giant like v from like uh anarcho and growing up around anarcho-communists then like becoming like a borderline tanky in in college and then <laughs> shooting all the way down to like right-leaning anarchism and then yeah. even, then bouncing like even a little bit more left to like the weird like middle ground mutualist position I am. So. Yeah. <laughs> I look, I, I appreciate that because there's nuance there. And it's like, I, I, I think people like, again, it's just like the convenience and speed of being like, like, are you red or blue? Like that's, that, that's what it is. It's like, um, and, and to draw on a parallel, like, I don't know if you like stand-up comedy. Did you ever listen to, like, George Carlin or anything oh, like yeah, that? Oh, yeah, a giant Carlin fan. Car Carlin's fantastic, Carlin was right? Carlin too, because Car Carlin, like, Carlin was post-partisan. He was post-political. Yeah. He would crap on everything. everyone. Yeah, he was just literally, like, everything is fucked, and if yeah. we don't solve these problems, and that that's, like, the most important thing to me is people are unwilling to take out their own garbage on the either side. Like, yes. like the a lot of people in the shit lib left as they're called or like the blue MAGA as the leftist I've known, like a lot of the more socialistic programs that we have in this country are broken. They can yeah. be fixed. They don't, we don't have, they don't have to go away to make my libertarian self all happy and they don't have to be abolished, but it, but for them not to be abolished or go away, then you need to put energy into them to fix the problems within them, but they mm -hmm. don't want to do it. They don't want to talk about the teachers unions. They don't want to talk about problems with like social security and stuff like that. And then on the right, like we all know that there's big issues uh, with policing, with the military complex, with you know a lot of the more conservative sacred cows, but they yeah. don't want to address those issues. And now we're all the way to abolish the police. And it's like, well, we don't have to abolish the police if you guys just actually cleaned up your own house. But through this culture war stuff, you're seeing like anti-government militias backing the cops and you're seeing like, like left-wing activists cheering on the FBI. It's like, yeah. like whoa. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, we just so had that. It's really so dangerous. I, you know, like the, the, it's really weird, the lines that are getting drawn now. And it's almost like, again, it's almost like kind of, I, like this might be glass half full thinking, but it's like the system is set up in such a way now where just you, your enemy tomorrow could be your friend, you know, the, the day after. Um, and the, the, the things that people like just the, the number of like thin blue line people that have been like, wait a minute, why are you, why are you like defending these people who I think like stole the election or whatever? And it's like, it's really causing them to have this kind of like short circuit 
where they're like, whoa, like everything that I assumed to be correct for, you know, however many years, 20, 30 years of me being an adult and voting and identifying as a political ideology is like completely blown out of the water now because it's like, wait a minute, like I've been lied to or, you know, this shit's been happening all along. And you're right. like, yeah, well, yeah, where you been? Right. Like that's, <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of like where the concept of the Boogaloo was even born out of was one of those, you know, moments of realization of our organization like in the very beginning before we developed to the more complex thing we are now like i said it was a gun control thing but the reason why the boog formed outside of the traditional right-wing militias is the traditional right-wing militias were pro-cop and if you go talk to any boogaloo person all of us hate the police because who's gonna come take that gun yeah the cops and all, yep. you know, all of like the three percenters and stuff like that will be like the cops will uphold their oath to the constitution while no, the people are like no no, <laughs> no they want no. they want to get paid whatever they want to do <laughs> yeah well they like to eat right like that's that's the thing like and and that's the justification i think that also goes with the self-policing thing right like so um you know to to almost sound redundant right like whether it's politics or whether it's like, you know, your role as a servant of the state, which which, by the way, the police is almost like its own political entity of, unto itself. Right. Especially with um, the unions and all the nonsense that goes on with them. Yeah. And and, and so, you know, that self-policing thing really kind of uh, it, it is emblematic of what happens within, you know, police culture. Um, and, and just, you know, what happens if you are like, you know, one of the good cops that blows the whistle and what happens to you? Like they make an example of you. Like that's exactly what happens. That's, that's the whole conversation I had with Alex Jones of like, like he's, he's like, I'm not anti-cop and I'm like, I'm not explicitly anti-cop either, but I'll tell you what, a lot of the good cops don't have jobs no more. Yeah. They get fired, yeah. they get bullied out, they get harassed, they lose their pensions and a lot of them yeah. just quit. So yeah. now, now like they even talking about it on Tim pool and stuff like that on, on more mainstream that a lot of the newer cops are bottom of the barrel people that they hired just out of desperation and they don't give a damn about the constitution they'll give a damn about your rights they don't give a damn if you're black brown white whatever they're gonna put their boot on you oh yeah and, and that's like i'm glad to see some of the more conservative types waking up to this because that's kind of the foundation of this movement was just because uh, I, I i always bring it up but our kind of forming point where we went from just like a meme into like an actual like on the ground thing was the murder of duncan lemp in maryland yeah. and we tried to go out and have a protest about it and all the time you hear the tra the traditional conservative talking point of like why don't you guys protest or riot when a white person is killed by the cops it's like we tried we had yeah. we we went out to we went out and had a protest for duncan lemp and there was like 30 people there and they were all libertarians and anarchists there wasn't yeah. a single conservative there and that was a gun owner he was a duncan lemp was a three percenter too so literally yeah. like one of their own got killed by the cops and they couldn't even show up to protest for him yeah. So that and was like, who, like we were, we were like, okay, fuck this. We're going to go make our own thing. We're going to wear shirts and be weird. And like, who was the black guy who, I think it was in Texas. He got pulled over. He even announced that he had the firearm legally in uh, the that's, car. Um, that's, um, God, why am I blanking on his name? I know who you're talking about, uh, like the, 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 the he, messaging. He, 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 had, he had a legitimate conce uh, concealed carry license and they shot and killed him. Um, like completely. You know, and uh, he even announced to them, he was like, look, it's in, it's in the, the Philando glove compartment. Yes. Like when Philando gets killed, the messaging out of the right was the, 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 you know, pro two way right was 
it was either nothing or it was like this boot licking like oh like throw up in your mouth bullshit it oh, was he, like you he know went about it the worst way possible like blah 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 and it's like the cop was having a fucking anxiety attack the moment this dude said he had a gun yeah that's no, the problem that's gonna be used next that's like yeah. you're gonna be that guy eventually whether you yes. want to admit it or not at some point in your life you're likely to be in the same position as Philando castile whether so, you're white or not so so do you use the word fud Oh, I love the word FUD. Yeah. FUD, FUD. I, I, I use it. I use it beyond just the two A thing. I also describe it to like the the anti marijuana, the the very like conservative conservative types that are are pearl clutchy McCulture. Don't you know? Yeah. The foot the foot loose types. You know, no yes. dancing in my town. Kind yes. Of, well, I call yeah. them FUDs too because it's no just, fun. Just no yeah, fun. No fun. <laughs> um, all right. So. Uh, we had a couple of laughs. I, I, we have to address this this hit piece that Salon put out here. Yeah, so we've been having such a good time. And I, I know. I don't want to bring it down, but like we can we can bring it back up again afterward. But um, maybe we can laugh a little bit shitting on Salon. But so uh, I just a couple of quotes that stuck out at me. First of all, was I, I'm sure. Did you read? Did you read most of I read, it? Or? I read the first one. I couldn't read the second one because I was just so okay. Was, so. <laughs> The, the one I looked at, like, I've just highlighted some quotes here, and it's it's just, it's, it's I, I feel sorry for anyone who reads this at face value and, and internalizes it. Because and the, for, any, the, and for anyone who's uh, listening, I'll, I will mind you that there's not a single screenshot, there's not a single image, yeah. there is no copy and paste, there there is, and even the, even the main source is an unnamed individual who refuses to identify themselves. So, I, I gotta, I gotta go back, I gotta go back to the top, hold on, I gotta throw... Fuck Sam. Okay. Um, I got to throw that back up here. All right. Whoever Sam is, if Sam actually exists, Sam, you, you, you know, you've done wrong. Right. All right. So um, the two of the quotes, okay. Two paragraphs, but like one breath and then the next breath, the boogaloo's threats of violence must be taken seriously. Even if the movement's ideological wrapping is purposefully confusing and the package within it is ultimately empty. Okay. So that's the one breath. And then the next very next breath is Boogaloo members will almost certainly never lead or spark a violent revolution or cause the destruction of the state. So what are we even fucking talking about? <laughs> That's two sentences. I did not edit, like, right next to each other. They're super scary, but they have no chance. Yeah. <laughs> so why is this a thing? Like, why do we care? <laughs> um, completely ridiculous. Uh, what was the other one? Um, the, the movement is decentralized and politically diverse ecosystem fantastic that sounds amazing yeah. like that's that's, 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 a, that's the thing is like the article isn't totally bullshit it's just that the the parts that are nonsense and their source in particular and yeah. what they try to extrapolate from it is is often bullshit because i know another one uh they make a reference that we don't actively recruit no we don't actively recruit we're not running around asking people to join the boogaloo if you want yeah. to be a part of this sure and a lot of times people ask me like well, how do I get involved? What do I do in my area? And I'm like, we, none of us knew. We just did it. And it's the same thing with you. Like, this isn't an organization. This isn't the Proud Boys. This isn't like, there's no chapters. We're the, the, one, the people in our groups that run together, like the Michigan crew that I run together with, that's like 30 yeah. guys. We're all good friends. So like, that's, that's the whole thing of like, yeah, there, there's a lot of factual details within the article. It's just yeah. the framing around them is nonsense. And the fact that they try to pretend that they got this this, this information from this secret source that was a yeah. tell all when we have a like I have my UVA podcast and then there's Mike Bobby. He runs the Liberty podcast that's been going for like two years now. 
has had every single major member of the movement, anyone who's been popular at any time, anyone who's known mm -hmm. from the entire country, and we get blackout drunk and super stoned and just <laughs> openly talk about everything. We talk yeah. about our private signal chats. We drop names. We, we tell them what our plans are. Like, because it's not some crazy spooky shadowy cabal we're not like planning like blow up police stations or anything like yeah that's not what this is so yeah i almost feel like whoever wrote this article just watched a bunch of my podcasts and then maybe some of mike dunn's podcasts and then just like fuse them together into one entity yeah and then like pretended it was a source yeah no <laughs> it, it, the, the the creative part of the journalism on this is is absolutely fantastic before before i get back to the article so aaron has a story I got pulled over, cop saw my out-of-state concealed carry permit, freaked out, pulled his gun, called for backup, no weapon, just the permit. Just the piece of paper they were that afraid of. Yeah, so yeah, Mr. Conservatives of, oh, Philando Castile was a criminal and he smelled like weed and he should have just listened to the cops. Uh, Aaron, yeah. ain't, Aaron ain't black. Aaron didn't do nothing wrong. Aaron didn't even have a fucking gun on him. So. Yep. Yep. I, I, and Aaron, by the way, I don't know if he's still on, but Dan, if you're still on from Blue Star Union, try and hook up with Aaron and get him on the show. Blue Star is like a nonprofit and they do Second Amendment type stuff. Um, oh, he's yeah, Aaron, going Aaron's through. Aaron's a good dude, dude. He's, he's part of, he's actually uh, one of the boys. So Dan from Blue Star is going through, uh, he's going to have a full kind of saga of trying to get a concealed carry permit here in New Jersey. Oh, um, and, and just the, the, like, it, it's not even. So here's the the ridiculousness as kind of an aside real quick. The ridiculous in New Jersey is the fact that it's technically still allowed. But the problem is, I think like only 900 people in a state with like 10 million have a concealed carry permit. So that just goes to tell you and like the vast majority of them are, you know, uh, retired law enforcement. So the, that just goes to show you like it's technically not. Like they use the system to stop you from being able to do something that's obviously legal. Yeah, right? like, a, lot of, a lot of people were confused on why so many states were pushing for permitless concealed yep. carry when it's like, well, you already have shall issue. Like they already have to give you it. So what's the problem? And it's like, because they make the process to get it just this Byzantine fucking labyrinth that you have to go through that could take years and years and a bunch of money and you still don't even get a permit. So yeah, that's why a lot of states are pushing to just constitutional carry. When when he tells that story, like the 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 bureaucracy and then just the fuckery that happens throughout that entire process is like you can't even you can't even imagine the ineptitude and then all of the planned and unplanned ineptitude that's built into the system so that you can't even you know like even get a yes or no like that's they just hope that you get tired and go away or that you just don't follow up you know and it's it's so funny because I, they accidentally like red pilled tim pool on firearms because he's also in new jersey and he went and tried to get a gun and he had to see firsthand the process you have to go through to get a gun in new jersey and he was like wow yeah. maybe maybe these 2a people are onto something and now he's yeah. having like phoenix ammunition and shit and like control pew on his show talking about printing guns it's like good job new jersey yep yeah, I, I threw uh, I threw Blue Star's uh, web address into the chat. So Aaron, if you want to go on the show, definitely uh, hit them up. Talk to Dan. I think it's a fantastic show. Um, all right, so uh, more of this salon BS. Um, you have a shared agenda, which aspire. Here's so again one sentence: decentralized and politically diverse. But at the same time, you also have a shared agenda, which aspires to foment. Which I had to look it up because you know I know a couple of words, but that was like a two dollar word. It means instigate or stir up. So we've already talked about how you're not going to instigate or cause a civil war, 
But then two paragraphs later, literally two paragraphs later, instigate or stir up violent revolution. Like, wh what the fuck? Like, we, we just said, like, they're, they might try to, but it's hollow so that they won't. But then they might. Like, what? <laughs> Journalism. Yes, yeah. I'm, I'm like, someone, I, someone, else, someone else pointed out, he was actually uh, someone who follows me on Twitter. He's a copy editor for a newspaper. And he he said that that article gave him a stroke. The amount of grammatical errors, spelling errors, punctuation uh, errors. It's like, uh, and, and, appar and apparently y'all will happily kill anyone in your way, which is also like a, it, it's, it's like, uh, you know, Oh, that, um, that was something else I wanted to bring up from that article of, of their source said that yeah. he had to remain unidentified because the people he worked with would kill him if they knew we talked. <laughs> that was right at the beginning. It was right at the beginning. Like, say whatever the hell you want. I don't care. <laughs> I'm talking to the media all the time. Caboose in the chat talks to the media all the time. Mike Dunn talked to the media all the time. We have a public podcast where everyone comes on and we talk to the media. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, uh, it's preposterous. It's preposterous. No, it's completely like, like, ridiculous. No, no, we're not the mob, dude. Like, you can talk to the press. We're not going to fucking kill you. And in yeah. fact, like, we, we had a, a, a um, thing happen in Ohio where one of the Ohio Boogaloo boys essentially, like, panicked and flipped to the cops and were giving them information. And you know what we did in the signal chat? We said, yeah. fuck you, dude, and then removed him from the signal chat. Yeah. <laughs> And he's that's, living his life happily ever after. Like, like no. So, so that's that was the point. That and he, he was made. never heard from again. <laughs> no. But yeah, that's 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 the point where I knew the article was total bullshit because the amount of like LARPing and like, like no, no. Yeah. I I I've never even seen a fist fight between Boogaloo boys, let alone like executing a member for speaking to the media. Like it's so I, ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I, like the, even the, even like even like Black Panthers and like even like Antifa cells, like like they don't like attack members who flip on them. They just kick them out. Yeah. That's no, no. I they're not drug dealers yeah, and they're it's also not a criminal enterprise. <laughs> yeah, and they're also not the CIA. That's what the CIA does. Again, that's the other thing, is like projection, right? Like if this was a member of the state. They would be worried that you would be telling things that were actually, you know, what the public should not be hearing. So, yes, then you will get black bagged and murdered. But like, yeah. you know, um, so it, the rest of the article just goes through and talks about all of these things that, um, quite frankly, the author just doesn't understand. Like, and the reason why they don't understand is because they're coming at it from this traditional stereotypical view of like they see you giving the speech or they see most of the boog and they're like okay fatigues uh firearms uh beards for the most part right like and they're like okay automatically i'm going to assume what's coming out of these people's mouths is anti-semitic anti-gay anti-black you know whites are the only you know people in the world that need to exist and should have power whatever and then all of a sudden someone like you opens your mouth and says sensible stuff and it's like the the gears just grind to a halt and now they have to go back and as opposed to like printing the truth they have to go back and essentially um creatively rationalize their their perspective and why it doesn't compute with what you're saying and what you're embodying right um uh the 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 complete ridiculousness of that and and just the the uh, eric d july calls them npcs right like non-player characters and so when the programming goes awry they just like 
they 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 short circuit and can't do anything, right? Um, they've definitely been chasing us like this whole time because in the very beginning they just like ignored us and didn't say anything about us, and then when we started showing up to BLM events, then they're like panicked and put out like just a bunch of rapid fire smears of just like yeah. un, unsolicited, like you know unsourced, unsighted, like all oh, their white supremacist organization, and yeah. then uh, when that like we that was a pain in the ass for us to deal with because we were already in with a lot of these organizations and suddenly we had to explain ourselves and, and fight this and it didn't work out and a lot of people like disavowed us but we started building back and then that's when they actually started talking to actual like extremist experts and people that actually like follow us and we're in like spying on our groups and things like that and every single one of them are like no they're not white supremacists every single yeah. one like if, yeah. if almost every single one of these articles directly cite jj McNabb, who is a washington state uh, extremist expert that works with the federal government and studies extremist groups. And she had a giant long Twitter thread where she got so much shit where she's like, I have followed these guys for like a year. I'm in all their chats. I'm telling you the vast majority of them are not white supremacists. Yeah. I, and so, I, and, and but, like, but so then they're like, Oh, well, well, that's when the civil war shit started. Like, okay. Like they tried white supremacists. Then all of a sudden civil war, civil war, civil war. That's when they hit that. They're trying to instigate violence. They're trying to go to these BLM events to cause chaos. And here, look at this dude who shot a rifle at a burning police station. And like, yeah. you know, like, yeah. Like that, and, and the whole time they're like four steps behind us, like trying to chase us. And then they, their hustle really got fucked up when I, Jimmy Dore put me on his show. And so like, oh, I, I want to ask you about that. I want to ask you about that. So, um, the, the, I, I saw your speech. Uh, like before you went on Jimmy's show and then when you went on Jimmy's show like I kind of knew what you were going to say but his reaction was I think the the best thing like it was absolutely amazing my my question to you is do you think he legitimately knew what you were going to say like was he prepped ahead of time or was he completely caught off guard oh no I've I've, I've had the Jimmy Dore conversation 300 times in America over all the events mm -hmm. I go to of yes yeah. as, as even though we are three percent on average of the voting population millions and millions of people the third largest political party in the United States mm -hmm. nobody knows what the fucking libertarian is yeah nobody knows what we believe they don't know our basic principles they're like oh you guys like are, are you guys like are pro marijuana legalization but you also love guns what yeah never yeah. it's like yeah we make shirts about it like you know yeah. we, we've, been, we've been around for a while so i i do think that jimmy Dore's just genuinely like never talked to like a dave smith or like a you know a ron paul or whatever and if they do yeah. think of libertarians they think of someone like rand or you know more yeah. of like the traditional republican libertarian leaning people and not yeah. like the actual like libertarian people that are you know weed smoking gun shooting you know police hating anti-war activists so when yeah. i explained like because what, what i described to him all the questions he asked me of like are you anti this are you pro this like blah 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 and you go through it, it it's like they get so shocked and surprised when that's you know, ask any single libertarian walk up walk through an lp convention and ask every question jimmy asked me and you're going to get the same exact answer yes. from almost every single libertarian well, you, that you and you hit on you hit on the 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 perfect reason why like even if jimmy you know listens to to dave smith or whatever and he listens to what he has to say right jimmy is going to be less floored because of just the way dave looks right I think it's it's the the juxtaposition of um, everyone trying to to lump the boog in with you know all of these quote I'm going to use quote unquote alt right because some of them are do have alt right you know leanings and some completely do not right but they're all trying to lump you together 
because of essentially aesthetics, which is disingenuous on their part because the majority of the time they're going, well, you can't judge someone by the way that they look, and then they turn around and judge you guys it's by the way that you look. It's even funnier because we deliberately make our aesthetics look different than traditional. Like, we wear Hawaiian shirts, and we have goofy memes on our patches, and, like, <laughs> yes. like my, uh, one, of the, one of the guys I walked to the Lansing Capitol was dressed in full Soviet officer gear. Like, he had a jacket and, like, a car 98 <laughs> and a Soviet officer's cap. Like, we're deliberately ridiculous because we want to break this association, and they yeah. pull... I, I go back and forth of whether they're just stupid or it's intentional, but I look at a lot of articles and it will be like uh, far right militia. And then they'll actually like, it'll be talking about three percenters, but they'll take yeah. an image from a Boogaloo event and put us up there. And I'm, I'm yes. assuming they just Googled like white guy with gun and pulled it and threw it. And I, then at the same time, they'll like take pictures famously. There's this one of these four guys at a Donald Trump rally. Yeah. None of them are wearing Hawaiian shirts. None of them have boog patches. None of them identified as Boogaloo, but they took that image and put it on the article about the Boogaloo boys. Yeah. So they, they literally do just like throw these groups in a blender and then just assume they're all the same. And you can kind of go back and forth on whether they do that on purpose or whether they are just lazy, dumb journalists. And they're like, oh, I need an image for my article. Just Google yeah. militia and then go to the fifth Google image search, grab it and throw it on the headline of their article. Yeah. You know? No, I, I think I without knowing the inner working, so take it for what it is, but it seems like it's a combination of both. It seems like there's a handful of people in each one of these organizations, like Gamergate brought that, brought that to light, right? So um, there's a handful of people in these organizations that know the narrative that they're looking for, right? And then they have a bunch of people below them in the hierarchy that, um, for lack of a better phrase, are not free thinkers. They're, they're they're like they'll do what they're told right and so you know whoever it is whether well yeah i mean like they're, they're basically just interchangeable cogs right um and so they they basically tell them like uh you know i need a story on the boog that you know ends in this tagline or whatever or or like you know has this tenor to it um so the person writes it and then what they do is they go to the editor and then the editor like pushes it even further in that direction because you know it's a world of clicks and and you know we need to go viral on every story and all this other stuff so like you know um you know civically minded um civically minded americans give speech on the statehouse steps does not drive clicks right like it just doesn't right um so i think it's a combination of both but uh do you do you feel that do you feel that being able to shatter those stereotypes in the public venue um, helps? And and there's like a follow-on to that. Like, what's the next step? Like, just the shock value is good, but then what's the step after that that can really kind of improve things? Just, I mean, just keep doing exactly what we're doing. I mean, uh, uh, Caboose is in the chat. He's the one who put on the anti-ice event, which they called yeah. the fake and smoke and mirrors. Go ask the dude who put it on, you know. He's right here. He's talked to media. But, uh, you know, a lot of people are watching that. And they're like, why are they protesting ICE? I thought they were far-right white supremacists. Don't they want yeah. these people in these cages? And it's like, they, you know, the more shocks that happen, that's important. But it's also um, what I do a lot is a lot. Of, it, it's really funny that they accuse me of trying to, like, cozy up to the left. When what I spend more time doing nowadays is trying to get the libertarian, like the LP types, to not just knee-jerk helicopter communist like opinion essentially yeah like like hey like there's there's people on the left that aren't psychotic and all these like right-wing talking points and you like i i guarantee you i could take you down to a blm event if you actually hear someone from blm talk you're 
your mind would be blown in the same yeah. way that like me personally, my mind got blown when I actually talked to an anti-fascist activist. Cause you notice that they never allow them to actually speak in front of a camera. They never and do. Never. Yeah. You'll never actually hear a direct statement from someone in an anti-fascist organization. I went and talked to a lot of these people and I was like, Holy shit. Like y'all, y'all believe in what you know, a lot of the things I believe in. And, and most importantly, <laughs> I love you. Carlos. <laughs> Yeah, even even his, his profile is from that event. So like, but yeah. uh, like like, I, I pointed out that um, I got another viral moment where I commented on the ATF memorial post about Waco, <laughs> and I'm telling you know because I know there's a bunch of libertarians watching this. I'm telling you that that meme making fun of the ATF and calling them murderers had about two thousand likes on it, and maybe seven hundred of them had hammers and sickles in their profile. Yeah. So like there there is common ground in between the left and right and and they don't want you to see all the things you agree upon. So yeah. I've just been more and more trying to facilitate conversations between these and like I I blew Alex Jones's mind when I had Star which she's part of Portland AFA. She was at the Chaz, everything that goes on in the Pacific Northwest, she's that antifa. Yeah. And I brought her on Alex Jones. And they were they were talking about like WTO riots and the new reset and like the new world order and everything. And like if if you didn't know who Alex Jones was and didn't know that she was Antifa, you would have been like, oh, these people are, you know, in the same political spectrum when she's yeah. when she's an anarcho communist and he's Alex Jones. So, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. so just, yeah. just just continually keep trying to have moments like that and, and try to like get these groups to actually talk to each other and focus on what they agree upon over what they disagree upon. Cause you know, I follow tons of people on like the far left and tons of Marxists and stuff like that on Twitter. And if I wanted to be the usual like 2020 political activist, then I could have a million arguments that go in and be like, your opinion on this is stupid. And that's not how this happened and, and blah, blah, blah. And get into all these, you know, right versus left arguments with them. Yeah. But instead I'm just posting about stuff we all consider bad and it's building kind of, a coalition around that and that's the same thing in the boogaloo of like we have pro-constitution libertarians uh, alongside people like me that are like more lysander spooner people that think the constitution's bullshit but we <laughs> we don't talk about that like yeah the point isn't to hammer out disagreements it is to exclusively focus on problems that we both already agree upon yes yeah I, I, even, I, even like the modern like there's a lot of emphasis put on like, oh, we need more debate debates and we need more discussions over issues and stuff like that. We're kind of getting there now. Yeah. Or even I'm like, no, that's not it at all. Like, I don't even want to have a conversation with a socialist about free health care. Let's just talk about something else. You know, yeah. let's talk about the police state. Let's talk about foreign wars because there is no argument there. And if yeah. we take all the energy we, in the two hour conversation, we'd have screaming at each other about health care and put that into setting up an anti-war march or something. What's going to be more productive? You know. Yes. Yeah. I and um, that I I agree with you. I think I think that's something that um, we we definitely have. I say we. There's like <laughs> in the vein of you're a fan of the royal we. Okay. In the vein of in the vein of Spooner, there is no we. Um, uh, Mike Rufo, if he's watching or he's not watching, would uh, <laughs> totally be saying that to himself right now. But um, yeah, no, there needs to be a, a better job done in terms of finding that common ground and then focusing on those issues. Like right now, the qualified immunity issue is a huge thing. It should have been done 9, 10, 11 months ago when, you know, the George Floyd incident happened it's, it's and everything like that. It's dead on the floor pretty much. 
I co-sponsored by Republicans and Democrats and a police bill dead on the floor. Nobody's talking about it. What's crazy is I saw a post today about how like, oh, well, you know, these Democrats are still championing it. And there is not a collective will on the part of the the political party that campaigned to fix these problems to actually fix them. So you know everything that you need to know. But the, but the problem is people have such a uh, uh, short attention span when it comes to politicians not, um, you know, leaving them wanting, right? And and it's on to like, all right, well, you know, the next election cycle, it's we're on to next, the next issue. And you're like, well, you screwed me over on that one. Okay, well, well, we'll fix this one, the one that's coming up. Like, don't worry about that, you know. Um, it, but we definitely have to do a better job on that in terms of like, you know, finding that common. And I'm, I'm seeing, I'm seeing it's growing just for the fact of how much the left right now is holding Joe Biden's feet to the fucking fire. And then even not, and that's just the general left. Then you go to the left that I work with and they go as mm-hmm. far as hating like AOC and like the squad and like, yeah. the, you know, the social Democrats of America, like they're holding them to a fire of which a, a, to a degree, I never even saw Barack Obama being held to the fire. So well, it's like, I, okay, this is yeah. happening. Like this is yeah. building. Yeah, his his saving grace was, um, you know, he had he had the identitarian uh, backswell of being the right. first, you know, black president. So he got a lot of uh, room, right? Uh, he was also a junior senator, so a lot of people are saying, "Oh, he's just kind of getting into it," and that kind of thing. I think you saw the tail end of his second administration. People started to wake up. Yeah, um, that's what I said. like the first, the first. To, and that, that's the other thing I tell a lot of the BLM activists, particularly the younger ones, is like, I've been an activist almost my entire life. You don't remember the first wave of BLM protests, the ones in 2014, 2013, mm-hmm. under Obama, where it took days and days and days of nationwide rioting for the National Guard to be deployed under Donald Trump, which this isn't yeah. a defense of Donald Trump or anything. If you look at Obama, like you will see pictures of day one of the Michael Brown riots in California, cops with MRAPs and live ammunition rolling down the street, like oh, yeah. tear, tear gassing kids, shooting rubber bullets, like infinitely worse. And they pretended yeah. that this situation was going to get better under him when that was under Obama. Yeah. And, and I, Obama, I, Obama did like more for like did worse for like the general melanated population than any other president in my lifetime, because people gloss over the fact that he brought back open air slavery in Libya by bombing yeah. Libya. Like they're yeah. black people are being sold at public auction because of Barack Obama. Yeah. So it's like the worst president that I could imagine in my lifetime. Yeah. And, and he got, he got a pass for the, the, the beginning, at least to the, the people that wanted to believe in him. Right. Um, his, his second tour, I think towards the end, he started to appropriately, I mean, not even appropriately, he wasn't even close to what he should have been getting in terms of the, you know, the, the skepticism and, and kind of the calling him on what he's been doing. But, you know, neocons are neocons. Like it doesn't matter whether you're right, you know, you call yourself right or left. I mean, you know, when, when you believe in authoritarianism, all you know is the boot, like that's all you know. Um, that's, that's and, why I said like the neo-libs and the neocons are post-political. Like they're they're yeah. old. They they their dream is a like technocratic oligarchy. Like so yeah. they don't they don't care about any rights. They don't have a stance on any opinion. They'll say whatever they have to say and give the the sheeple whatever crumbs they have to in terms of civil rights or oh you know we'll paint rainbow flags on the side of police cars. Whatever you need as long as yeah. you let us maintain our oligarchy. And that's yeah. you know that's other things that get into arguments with people people on the right are like oh they want they just want socialism and communism and then the people on the left are like oh they're authoritarian capitalists and i'm like no they're above our petty political squabbling they want yeah. to eat kings in their castles 
yeah. which is which is on a totally different political access than left to right. Oh like, yeah, they, they would be happy in a fascist state. They'd be happy in a like corporatist state. They'd be happy in a communist state. Whatever allows them to keep their power and whatever they have to do to build their power. So yeah. it's it's yeah. not nearly as and a lot of people try to push that because they want to seem like their particular political ideology is the mo most oppressed and thus you know uh, conservatives are being stomped on or, or or socialists have been always oppressed throughout history but we're the only ones not no yeah. one else is just us yeah, yeah. which that's a grift it's always yeah <laughs> i there's tons of grifts going on speaking of grifts uh my my one buddy dan uh from blue star is asking ask magnus um, how would you recommend 2A activists in deep blue states fight for carry outside of the ballot box, right? You know, the whole, like, vote harder thing doesn't really work in blue states when it comes to 2A. Um, um, what, what would you say the plan of attack should be there? Uh, open and public civil disobedience. At some point, you have to stop worrying about getting arrested. You have to stop worrying about facing criminal charges. You have to stop worrying about what's going to happen to you because the voting mm -hmm. just isn't happening. So yep. get get 100 people, get a bunch of SBRs with armor-piercing ammunition and body armor and you know every illegal thing in your blue state that you're not allowed to have and go yep. walk, like march down to the police station. Because yep. like that's I just... As at some point, like you can't vote your way out of it, and you you don't want like not only do you don't want, but it's not going to accomplish anything. Going all like Rambo and shooting people—that's obviously stupid. So oh, in yeah. between those extremes, you just have to be willing to sacrifice some things. You have to be almost every successful political like event in our history came from a whole bunch of people sitting in jail and getting fined and getting fucked with by the cops because that's what it requires. Like civil disobedience is how you solve things. Yeah. Or even in Virginia they passed a local ordinance that you couldn't open carry by their Capitol building because of all the open carry events that were going on with black Panthers and Boogaloo boys and everybody that was happening in Virginia around the gun rights clusterfuck that's happening there mm -hmm. and black Panthers and local three percenters and even proud boys and Boogaloo boys just got their guns and walked right up to the Capitol building and even brought signs that said no open carrying allowed. Like they made their own and then shot them full of bullet holes and then went out and replaced the signs with it. <laughs> and, and, and a couple people did get arrested from that. But at the yep. end of the day, it brought up pressure. And that's the same thing that like BLM does. It's the same thing with like environmental organizations that if you want to be it's hard for conservatives because they don't have it in their DNA like the left does. Like, obviously, I was a trained environmental activist, so, like, I know how this goes. Yeah. Uh, they they want to, like, respect law and order and, like, civ civility and all that, being right-wing. And at some point, you just have to understand that, like, you have to break the law. And you can yeah. break the law in a way that doesn't hurt anybody, but you're going to have to break the law. Oh, yeah. And that's no, there, there is pressure there, on it. There is a very – there is a deep gun culture in New Jersey – the problem is like, you know, the 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 FUDs and the boomer cons that are, um, you know, like you said, they they revere the process and they think they just have to, you know, work within the process harder to, you know, to to get things better. Um, they who, whoever wakes them up and gets them going in the right direction um, to 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 your point, like uh, Dave Smith said the other day, he was like, look, um, Republicans, when they say things, are disingenuous. Like they say things that sound good, and and maybe even they think they believe in, but they never really follow through. Like it's it's just kind of lip service. 
when when uh, someone on the left says something like we're going to get $15 minimum wage, like they believe in their core, like I will get $15 minimum wage passed. Like the same thing applies to anything else. And you're right, like any of these kind of, you know, more right of the aisle issues. Look, if, if you are right leaning and there's like a two way issue or something else, the, the only answer is civil disobedience, right? Like laws only change after culture does. It never precedes it. Like there has never been a time in human history where like, you know, the government was like, oh, we need a cultural change. Uh, we're we're going to pass this law and tomorrow yeah. everyone's going to, you know, I'll, change I'll, their behavior. Politics are downstream from culture. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's it's uh, you know by the time it becomes a law like it's already done like why even make it a law like that's one of the arguments I have for anarchism is look you don't need the law you just need to change the culture like that's the point like by the time you get to the point where there's a law like everyone's doing it every, anyway you know like yeah. I it's it's redundant you know that's, that's, um, that's definitely the thing is is just you know 3D print guns you know handguns out like uh, uh, they just did one of the other events we did. Uh, Boolu event and it was a libertarian party event as well was we went down to Austin Texas and we had a medical freedom event and you know what we did mm. wide open in the public for all to view and we filmed ourselves doing it we illegally sold insulin to people that's for, awesome for under you know under the market price unregulated like hundreds of dollars less than insulin and we just walked around and just sold insulin to people and they easily could be arrested for all of that but you know yeah. we also had rifles but at the same time like you might hear a week later that one of those guys gets arrested because he was on video selling insulin. But people see that and people start to go like, oh, wait, you were arrested for just walking with a gun. You were arrested for selling insulin to people that didn't have money. Like, and they start to question, like they see state violence happening on someone who doesn't deserve it. And yeah. things kind of start to click in their head. And, you know, that's yeah. like, like obviously yesterday was Waco day. So we keep talking about it, but, um, like like Waco, like the Branch Davidians weren't good people, and David Koresh was a horrible, awful person. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like what happened to them, like essentially created the militia movement. So that yeah. goes like so. If you're a good person and you're not some crazy cult leader or pedophile, and people watch state violence happen on you, that's what gets people's you know gears going. Yeah. All yeah. all the BLM protests, like in the beginning, people weren't really. They still were like in the Michael Brown, Michael Brown days of like not being, you know, being suspicious towards BLM until they saw the cops just like drive by pepper spraying crowds and like yeah. shooting kids with shooting a kid holding up a boombox in the head with a rubber bullet. And then people are like, oh, like, like, maybe yeah. there's something going on here. Yeah. That's, that's kind of like what well, you it's like, it's like this. It's the same thing as the LGBTQ movement that happened, um, you know, I mean, throughout the country, but mostly say like in San Francisco, like, you know, with with um with harvey milk and and um everything that happened out there like what what became apparent was the were these were people that look like you and i and you know the the cops are cracking their skulls and you're like or they're throwing them in prison or or trumping up charges and you're like wait a minute like that could be me and and that's really kind of what what ended up pushing that in in the direction of you know, at least the beginnings of some level of equality for those people, or at least escaping the oppression that they were under. And I mean, um, a lot, a lot. I'm, I have a, a very spicy opinion as well. Like, I, I don't think this should apply to two A, but in general, of uh, riots do yeah. work. And I, I wholly agree with Thaddeus Russell. He does the unregistered uh, podcast. He did the mm -hmm. Renegade History of the United States. That 
every, almost every single major change in America came off the back of a riot. Now, obviously, I don't want private businesses. I don't want private individuals hurt. But when it comes to people versus police, yeah, he, he brings up the example of you had Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and Malcolm X in Selma. You know, he was doing his thing. He was marching the kids past, you know, the school and getting arrested. But separate from that, you had Malcolm X's people that heard over the black radios that there was a protest downtown. They showed up and fought with cops and beat yeah. the shit out of a lot of cops. And there was rocks and bricks and, and you know, Molotovs and like chaos, violence. Yeah. And Martin Luther King from inside the jail literally wrote like, you can have me, the you know, peaceful integrated black people mm. or you can have those black people and right. that, those rioters gave the civil rights movement leverage to yeah. the government to be like oh maybe we actually should do something about this because yeah. we're going to lose control if not and that's the same thing that goes towards like all this of that the pure peaceful protest crowd don't understand that like not only will the government always come out to stop you if it gets too successful they will beat you they will club you they will hose mm -hmm. you but that if you don't fight back, you have no leverage to make change. And yeah. a lot of people, you know, will say like, oh, the BLM protests will cause all these riots and stuff like that to where what are they supposed to do? Like, are they not supposed to go out and protest? Because if they go out and protest, the cops will start fucking with them. And then because yeah. they're fighting with the cops, random people will show up and start looting things and you know breaking things separate from them and stealing stuff because all the cops are occupied. So it's like, are we do we just not protest then? Because mm. that's going to happen. Yeah, no, that that's um, and and just think about it like logically, right? The the natural progression is the state oversteps. Okay, um, the certain people are are made aware of that when it oversteps, they decide to try conventional means to try and recapture the the freedoms that were were taken away, and. What's your next recourse? Like, if they're always going to respond with force, they always do, right? Like, that's what the state does. The state makes decisions, and then if you don't abide by those decisions, the next recourse that they have, and the only recourse, is force. That's what they do, right? And so, what's your answer? Oh, like, you know, I uh, thank you, Daddy. May I have another? Like, you know, please beat me again. Like, no. Like, you you have to fight back. The the. I, I think there it is important to go through the progression though, right? Like it can't just go straight from state overreach to riot, right? Like there has to be steps along the way because those steps along the way also help you build like what we were talking about, like you know the the um, the buy-in from the onlookers and from the people that don't think that they necessarily have a dog in the fight, but truthfully they do because if it's not, you know, if it's not them now, it will be them eventually, right? Um, but no, I, I I think that's a good point. I think I ongoing in the in the chat. There's like a conversation about you know BLM's tactics and stuff like that. And like, look, you can take issue with their tactics and whatnot. Um, there were some things that they did that I would not agree with. There were some things that they did that it's I had really, absolutely no problem really with. You know, it's really important for people to know that there's multiple organizations sometimes within the same city, and that these organizations will hate each other sometimes and criticize each other's tactics. So like, yeah. they'll they'll view maybe Atlanta or something. And then like Saturday, a, a big group comes out and they block traffic and they're slapping on people's hoods and they're being assholes. Yeah. And then Sunday, a totally separate organization that they don't even fuck with each other and they actually hate each other will come out and do a completely different kind of protest. 
Right, I, right. I, I know that just for the fact that in Lansing, Michigan, there's four different BLM organizations, two of which hate each other. In mm. Detroit, there's three. Yes. And that's, that's just my state. There's a totally different BLM Grand Rapids that operates differently. So I think it, the BLM gets the same exact thing the Boogaloo does, where they are like a decentralized movement that mm. have a bunch of different objectives. And like you'll have a conservative catholic preacher black dude leading an event on one side of the country and then you'll have mm -hmm. like a black radical marxist you know separatist on the other side of the country and then people are like oh well they're both blm yeah it, it, where that's just not how it works like it's way yeah. more decentralized it's way more local and a lot of the things people protest are local like the the media makes it seem like every single event that happened over the summer was a george floyd event yeah. a lot of events were for people that were locally killed by police yeah. And like they, they might have like a George Floyd sign or something like that. But if you listen to the speeches, they're talking about people like Anthony Hoolan, who was killed in my community, which was a white guy. BLM were protesting a white guy that was killed by cops. You'll mm -hmm. go to, you know, Casey Goodson. You'll go to all these different states and they're protesting their own local issues. But the right. media tries to make it seem like this giant national mob all pushing for exactly one yeah. thing. And that's just not how anything works. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, I mean, obviously, you know, whether it was planned this way or, or it just so happened to occur that way, it, it was the, you know, it coincided with a presidential election, which is the highest profile, you know, political pandering event that happens in our in our country every four years. Um, and that that was incentive to do it that way. You know, um, I I can I, I know I'm probably in 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 um, lockstep with you where like, look, you know, private businesses, private property and stuff like that, I would not be in favor of people destroying those things or, or interfering with those, you know, a police department or a federal court building. I mean, that's at least you're, you're knocking on the right door, right? Like that, that you're actually in the right place. Like we had the comment right before, um, right before we went live, or I made the comment to you that, you know, I appreciate it. One of the things I appreciate about you and the speech that you gave in Lansing was you were in the right place. When the MAGA folks showed up to DC, like they were in the wrong spot. Right, like all those decisions that they had an issue with that happened in the election, they happened in state, you know, at, at the state level. Like we are a combination of states; we're not one monolithic country. Um, and just the diversity of who we are as a country is ridiculous, right? You know, like just taking that in perspective. But um, no, I agree with you. I, I think you and I wouldn't necessarily have an issue with at least focusing the 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 uh, the the either the anger or, or the frustration in the right direction, right? Um, but look, you know, it's a pressure cooker. Like when, when people get in that situation, uh, you know, the key is let's not let anyone get in that situation. Let's, let's stop being authoritarian before all of that stuff has to end up happening. Right. And like, I said, like, it's just really hard for like, people have never been to a protest. So they don't understand how much of a chaotic clusterfuck a protest is, especially yeah. once the police start like engaging. Yeah, we're like you're a hundred, you're a hundred people, and you're an organization. You're all in the same Facebook group. You're out there to protest police brutality, and then like nine thousand other people show up, and you have no idea who they are or what their intentions yeah. are, and you're sitting there marching, and all of a sudden, one dude you've never seen before darts out from the car crowd and like punches a mirror off of a car. Yeah. It's like, well, what are you supposed to do? You know, yeah. like like they, they they underestimate the kind of like not to be too dramatic about it, but it's the only concept I can tie to like the fog of war that mm. happens and like how there's so many people in different groups and everything's going on and it's chaos to yeah. where like, yeah, things go wrong, but you also have people that 
aren't protesters showing up to these events and causing problems. And you have, as Aaron pointed out in the chat earlier, like the police pretending to be protesters to cause problems. You yeah. have you have opposing groups trying to like delegitimize each other and cause problems with each other at these different protests. And like, it's a mess. Yes. But the, yeah. the, these, these comfortable normie conservatives in their farm out in the middle of Virginia and then the urban liberal <laughs> Democrats from their high rise, you know, are looking down and have no idea what's actually happening on the ground. And that's yes. why I had to go out and find out myself. I was like, yeah. what is Antifa? Who are the three percenters? What are they doing? What are these events like? And everything I've seen does not match any media narrative, whether it be yeah. Tucker, what Tucker Carlson is saying or Ben Shapiro is saying or any of those people or what the Young Turks and what, you know, MSNBC is saying and CNN say. Right. Like a lot of people forget that the CNN headquarters in Atlanta was put under siege by BLM activists and they were trying to burn down CNN headquarters. And even yeah. CNN was like, why are they here? We're, we're on your side. And the protesters well, are like, fuck CNN. But if, yeah. you, but if you ask like Tucker Carlson or something like that, he'd be like, Antifa loves CNN, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Now what's going on? No. Yeah. Look, <laughs> I, look at the cognitive dissonance when uh, right after the election, Antifa was basically destroying the the Democratic campaign headquarters in Portland. And, and, and people were like, they were confused. They're like, wait a minute, shouldn't they be happy like Joe Biden won? And like. Yeah, like no, you don't know, you don't get it. Like you don't understand. Like we might not agree with you know their tactics, or we might not agree with kind of the rationale, but we understand what they're saying. Like what they're saying is they, and so I maybe that's the common ground. The common ground is like when you see like to to Aaron or whoever else is talking in the comments about like the back and forth and kind of like you know whether ambulances got through and what the tactics were and stuff like that. The answer is. Once it all goes to shit, like all bets are off. Like you can't take the moral high ground once that stuff starts. The key is don't fucking get to that point. Like don't allow an authoritarian government to keep you under their boot and then treat you like two dogs in a dog fight where you think you got to kill the other dog when truthfully you got to kill your owner. I keep, like, I keep using the analogy of like, like the left and the right in this country are like two people sleeping in a, like being in a, you know, camping tent. And yeah. the government is like a giant bear that is ripping parts of the tent off and like slashing like and causing giant wounds on both of you. And meanwhile, yeah. you're arguing over who gets to sleep on what side of the tent. Yeah. While this bear <laughs> yes. is just yeah. destroying this and like the government. I'll is take less damage you. over there. <laughs> right. And like and like the government is spying on you. They're killing your activists. They're they're hypercharging the FBI. Like like just on CNN today, the FBI interchangeably was referencing anti-fascist organizations in Portland with yeah. the rioters on the 6th and begging for more authority to investigate these groups. Like the the state is just this unfeeling, unpolitical power monster that wants to kill you. And you yeah. guys are spending all of your time bickering over like oh I you know you don't agree with step five of my plan. While the government's yeah. not even gonna let you get to step two. Like no. it's gonna kill all of you. So yeah. like, get it together. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. No, it's a. It, I the 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 thing that we've been going through here in New Jersey right now is, you know, the the miracle that is legalized marijuana in New Jersey now. And when you start to get into it, like the the activists that are declaring victory, like you want to shake them and be like, whoa, hold on, like you haven't reached the finish line yet. This is like step one. You got to keep going. Um, but like you said, like every so often they just kind of give you a cookie, um, but the boot is still on your neck. Like, yeah, so you're and, like, and oh, great. And like we got medical marijuana and then it was 
illegal again and then we got it again and then they made yeah. parts of it illegal and then put like parts of it illegal again and then we legalized the whole thing but there's still a bunch of bullshit regulations that you can't do yeah. this you could do this and it's like people are like yay i don't have to vote anymore marijuana was legalized and it's like they will find a way to make it legal yeah but not convenient or useful or recognizable to anyone whatsoever like if you look at look at uh government weed in michigan it's hilarious yeah. because yeah. of the regulations put on it it's like five percent thc brown shitty looking because yeah. that's what the government wants like it's government cheese just the the marijuana equivalent of it <laughs> yes cheese. yes yeah <laughs> i'm gonna go smoke my my government cheese now yes that's exactly what it is um all right, so I, I want to ask you a couple questions. I want to be respectful of your time. I'm going on an hour and a half. I don't want to keep you all night. Um, but uh, so I want to couple ask you a couple of questions that are not political. They're like you know, uh, or not necessarily political. But um, my first is, it sounds like you're a reader. Um, you mentioned a, a couple of things that you've been reading. But like, what's your favorite kind of like genre or books or authors to to read? And it can be political or not political. Uh, uh, definitely, like when it comes to political, I'm really getting into Bookchin because I think I think um, okay. he's really important for someone that's a right wing libertarian or even a conservative to kind mm -hmm. of look at what I would say is a non antagonistic, really rational, really pragmatic version of leftism that I think you will find more palatable than you will ever imagine. And it'll probably get you, it might not change your mind to go from right to further left, but it might find ways to kind of steal those principles to apply them to you. Cause when you get down to like the, the basic fundamentals of libertarianism and like more libertarian anarchist socialism, they both operate on the principle of communities and people like stepping up and working together to solve their problems, right. which that's something I think the, the average libertarian in 2020 and 2021 need to get better on. Cause we're kind of known as like the, the autistic like troglodytes that hide in our basement and scream <laughs> about taxation is theft and everything. And don't yeah. really go out, which is what the boogaloo's kind of been perfect for is like, like we're, dragging libertarians out of like hey let, you should go like do a food drive or like a homeless shelter or like outreach or mutual aid because yes if you're a libertarian and you're saying the government needs to step out of these programs then you need to step into them and people are not going to believe that you're going to be able to handle that if you don't step up now under this current system and show like hey i'm a i'm a christian right-wing libertarian but i'm out here at this food drive i'm out here at this you know homeless blanket drive like yeah you have to step up. And I think Bookchin, like his, his idea of communalism really grows that. And then I guess uh, nonfiction, I'm just a, a giant, giant fucking nerd. Like I have like an R, like a Dungeons and Dragons book. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, so like, that, that's a, that's a Lord of the Rings poster up there. So yeah. Awesome. I'm a big fan of like Tolkien, nonfiction, fantasy. I, I, I love, um, I, I'm, I'm a big uh sci-fi nerd you know uh arthur love c. lord clark, of the rings yeah love lord of the rings love love arthur c clark um uh there are so many nuggets in like sci-fi fantasy novels and works of fiction that are just hardcore voluntarist libertarian you know i mean like the one analogy that is just will be forever embedded in my mind is that you know donald trump was holding the ring of power and he could have thrown it into the lava and he chose not to yeah, like that no. that will that will <laughs> no. forever be burnt into my memory you know it's totally true too yeah totally true. 
yeah. But um, okay. Uh, uh, you know what? I, I just thought about something. Do you know uh, Dan? I, I don't even know Dan's last name. I think his like handles like Dan for Texas. Um, he runs the Taxation is Theft podcast. Yeah. Okay. Have so you ever actually, watched him? Uh, actually, in Austin, he did the insulin sales yeah, thing. Was, he he was the one we put on that that or, that organization with. The, he yeah. his, his escorts were Boogaloo boys. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was that was an awesome bit. Because people, are I like, think all their all their white supremacists and everything, but everywhere you see us is involved with the LP. Which, like, yeah. if you if your path, if you're a person that wants to make a conservative white supremacist state, then the Libertarian Party is probably the most inefficient, and awkward way to go about it. Seeming like, literally, we have like naked men making out on the convention stage <laughs> and, and stuff. Like, like, okay, yeah, but Supreme is one of the most popular libertarians, and he literally runs around with a boot on his head. Yeah, but if 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 you if you ask Brennan, if you ask Brennan, we're one we're lumped in with the white supremacists. We oh, yeah. are a white supremacist that organization. A huge red pill to a lot of the more right wing libertarians that were like, mm-hmm. oh, we need we need Brennan and we need all these people to crack down on Antifa, and it's a good thing that they're black bagging them over in Portland. And then yeah. three days into the Biden administration, Brennan's like screaming at the thing, look, these libertarians. Yes. Yep. Yeah. No, that was that was a huge red pill. Huge <laughs> red pill. Um, all right. Uh, outside of the book, what are your hobbies besides just reading? Uh, what are you into? Uh, I'm a I'm a big like I have a lot of hobbies. Um, my my actual profession is I am a uh, commission painter. I paint things, so that's fun. Oh, that's awesome. And then uh, I play video games a lot, obviously with friends. I like hiking. I'm a big outdoor person in the summer because you know Michigan we have hibernation, which is now and then yep. debauchery for three months when it gets <laughs> warm out. I, I'm a big fan of that. Um, I obviously like pr- pretty much, you know, I, I like reading. I write a lot. So that's kind of where a lot of my like Twitter stuff comes from is like writings that I have in my speech and stuff like that. Awesome. And, you know, guns, obviously. That's a big, no duh, big fan yep. of the guns. And yep. then just, you know, kind of like really anything. I, I'm a very, I'm very jack of all trades, master of none kind of individual. There's not a lot I won't find interesting. Like I, I was a huge music guy. Like I sang choir. I used to be in a couple bands, but then lockdowns. I haven't gone to a concert in like a year. I'm starting to yeah. get really itchy. Yeah. <laughs> like what, wait, 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 what's your musical persuasion? Oh God, that's even that's even more all over the place. I'll go from like listening to like K-pop to like crazy like Scandinavian death metal to like old school hip hop to like okay. EDM. All right, everything. <laughs> that's like that's uh you know what's funny is like talking about like you know destroying stereotypes i would have sworn like you were like a black crows kind of like jam bandy kind of guy but <laughs> uh that's just because you look like chris robinson a little bit but you oh, know yeah. I, uh, I literally like while i was walking home from the park i went from listening to mac from, listening to mac miller to a japanese death metal band to britney spears to all american rejects that was my walking <laughs> home music so, <laughs> I, you 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 are a very worldly man. I appreciate I, that. I just, I just appreciate like I I don't maybe it's because of my weird upbringing and how I've gone through so much and I've lived in the inner city. I've lived out in the middle of nowhere. I've lived you know around communists. I've lived around like traditional like Catholic conservatives. And everything. Mm-hmm. I've just found a way to like appreciate what's good in everything and mm-hmm. like because that's the other thing is, is I think the the music is the perfect example of this of. There's not a single album that I like every song on it or a single band that I like even 90% of their music. I'm the kind of guy that has like one song from each band and then like yeah. two songs from each genre. And that's kind of like my politics almost are a mirror of that. Yeah. Where I'll work with conservatives, but not like 
neocons and I'll work with yeah. like communists, but not like face the wall business owner communists. And I'll, you know, yeah. like I find the good in all of these movements and try to piece them together. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that. Um, anyone who doesn't know you, where, where can they uh, find out more about you or connect with you? Okay, so I have a I have a YouTube channel which is just Magnus Panvidia, which I'm uploading more upon. And then uh, every Thursday I do the United Voluntary Podcast, which is me, a BLM activist and an anti-fascist activist, and we just talk about pretty much what we've talked about, but being more specific on issues. Like uh, last week, we did more of the police like the fbi and the police grabbing activists and political prisoners the week before that we did mutual aid and teaching people about how to get involved in their community to like actually run a nonprofit and stuff like that and then next week our topic is uh people that die in police custody in police you know in prison and or in jail a mysterious guy or commit yeah. suicide be look like they were thrown down a hill a lot of those issues and that's what yeah. we do and then i'm on twitter which is my where i'm mostly at which is Magnus Pan video as well. Awesome. Uh, and uh, I, I would open the door to you. So uh, I don't know. How familiar are you with blockchain? I am pretty familiar with with all of the, the crypto nonsense. I, okay. I, my, my upbringing was like in anonymous and everything. That was like my beginning of, you know, so Tor browser and, and, and all of the cyber nonsense. I wouldn't say I'm super familiar with it. I'm not like a tech yeah. nerd, but I, yeah. I get all the concepts. So I, we're, we're actually in the process of building a liberty-based community on the Hive blockchain. Um, and so, you know, the purpose being that, uh, you know, we're going to continue to be active on the, the conventional social media channels, but um, in, in the, uh, the sense of redundancy and also decentralization um, and anti-censorship, uh, that's, that's where we're trying to kind of like uh, simultaneously or in parallel build a community um, and there's all kinds of possibilities there, as you could imagine. You know? Oh yeah. So when the, when uh, the hammer eventually comes down, we're not squashed out. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, and and if anything, I mean, it will be a uh, it'll be a headquarters for the resistance. I think is what it'll be. That's, that's what I wish we had with the Boogaloo in the beginning, because when we all got like the hammer dropped down on us on Instagram and Facebook, like yeah. there's still people to to this day that I'm like rediscovering that I was great friends with because we mm. were just blown everywhere. It was yeah. like it was like you know it's like some weird ancient myth of like all the pieces being scattered across the earth and you have to go and find them because yeah there's there's people like we were so organized we had so much going on we had so many events planned and we were really progressing and then we all lost contact with each other and that's only starting to build back up so if we would have had something like that in the beginning then maybe if things wouldn't have gone so fucking sideways for like five months Oh, definitely. I we, we 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 should work on it. I'll I'll reach out to you. We'll we'll uh, you can even get on like you could create your own you know boog community, um, and create like a boog coin, like a <laughs> a, uh, a crypto token. How awesome would that be? You know, like about it. Yeah, go 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 play some online poker and and uh, bet boog coin with each other it would be fantastic. <laughs> I actually next week uh, in this time slot next week is a pitch for me. Shameless promotion. Um, I actually have the uh, on the high blockchain. Uh, the longest running blockchain uh, video poker, uh, or actually like a poker game, uh, has been running on the high blockchain. And the uh, developer of it, I'm going to be interviewing her. So I'm going to try and rig it up so that we can actually play while we're talking. But I don't know how that's going to work on the um, how it's going to work on Streamyard. So I'll have to see how that goes. Be but fun. yeah, so pretty cool. Um, look, I want to thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, I know you're busy. Sounds like you got a lot of uh, 
a lot of things pulling you in a lot of different directions. But um, look, I, I, I love the fact that we were able to um, give you another opportunity and platform to be able to kind of, you know, fight back against the misinformation that's out there about the organization. So absolutely. Um, I appreciate having, having me on and uh, I would definitely would just, you know, I'm always around. I always love just talking to people. doesn't even have to be, you know, anyone who's listening, anyone who listens to this future. Like yeah. I have open proton mail. I'll, I just talk to random people all the time because <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot of the things I'm talking about now I've been saying in my head for like yeah. years. And now I finally have someone who's like, willing to listen to my bullshit yeah. so i'm really excited to where like I've, I've had conversations with marxists and stuff like that we're like well i don't really want to give you a platform but i'm curious to talk to you and i'm like well just yeah. talk to me then like i this isn't about clout for me i don't care about my follower account i'm not trying to you know get rich or get elected or something like that i just yeah. like talking to people so talk to me yeah <laughs> awesome i i would i would implore everyone if you're watching uh live or recorded Definitely reach out to Magnus, follow him, uh, interact with him. He's uh, he's a good he's a good watch on Twitter. Like just just hang out and see some of the stuff he puts out. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, but yeah, I want to say thank you. Reminder, everyone: like, comment, subscribe, share, help us with the algorithm. Um, and we will see you next week. Have a good night, Magnus. Yeah, have a good man. Thank you again for tuning in. This is a quick reminder to subscribe, like, share, and comment to help get the message of liberty and freedom in front of as many folks as possible. See you next time on Why Libertarian.